Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. So excited to have you back again this week. As always, every week, I love being able to talk to you about the journey that you're on. And it is a journey. You know, I say that every week, but it truly is. Every day is going to be a little bit different. Every week is going to be a little bit different. And every year is going to be a little bit different. As you walk through life with your daughters, the way that you are fathering your children when they're young is going to be different than when they're in school, than when, than when they're teenagers, than when they're adults. And it's so important for us to be willing to open ourselves up, to learn, and to be open to hearing what others have to say. Because by listening, by learning, from other dads, we're going to be better dads ourselves. So that's why every week I love bringing you different dads that are doing fatherhood in a little bit different way, that are raising their daughters in a little bit different way. And I am really excited to be able to always introduce you every week to dads that are doing that. This week, we've got another great dad with us. Kevin Torres is with us. And Kevin is a father of three daughters living in New York City, and he is going to be talking to us today about his own journey, but also about some of the things that he's doing to help dads be better dads themselves. So, Kevin, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for having me. Seriously, I'm so honored to be here and to chat with you today. Well, I love that we're able to talk, and especially as a dad of three, you've got your hands busy so I, what I want to do is I want to turn the clock back in time. I want to go all the way back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. What was going through your head? If I'm being 100% honest, it's it's something that I kind of always wanted to do eventually, right? I just, my wife and I were in our 30s already at that point. We were dating, we started dating when we were like 23, when I first got home from the army. And so it was something that was definitely going to happen. So we obviously tried in, on purpose to get pregnant. And so when we found out, I, I think it still felt surreal, even though we were trying and preparing for it once that pregnancy test came back and it was positive. I think like a flood of emotions came through. The first person I called was my mom, obviously. And then later down the road, when we found out that it was going to be a girl, I was just overjoyed. I couldn't, I couldn't be more excited. It's always exciting when you find out that. And I know for myself, I didn't find out until my daughter was born. So it was definitely a surprise and we didn't know what to expect at first. And I think that's some of the fact of when you walk into fatherhood, there is that unknown. And I talked to a lot of dads that talk about the the fear that goes along with that too. What's been your biggest fear in raising your daughters? I think personally, my biggest fear has been modeling what a male relationship, like what an ideal relationship should look like for our daughters. And also like modeling sort of like what an ideal man should also be. And so whenever I find myself stressed out or short-tempered for like a lack of a better phrase, I'm always really conscious and aware of like that what I'm presenting to them is ultimately what they're going to accept in their relationships, in their life. So if my wife and I, you know, disagree about something, how I talk to my wife is going to be how my daughters internalize that men are allowed to talk to them or how I talk to my daughters, they're going to internalize like this is how men talk to women. And so I'm really fearful for lack of a better word that I'm going to mess that up, that in some way, shape or form, if I don't model 
the best behavior or at least grace and humility along the way, like when I do make mistakes, that I'm setting them up to accept certain behaviors in a man when it's their turn to be in a relationship that I wouldn't accept for my daughters. Now, I mentioned that you have three daughters yourself. And that being said, it's not easy when you have multiples and you're trying to build those unique relationships and doing things to be able to create those relationships. And I know your kids are still young, but what do you do to try to create those unique bonds with each of your daughters? So they're all kind of close in age too. We have a six-year-old, a four-and-a-half-year-old, and a almost two-year-old, a one, you know, 19-month-old. And so one of the things that we did, you know, my wife and I growing up, I mean, you know, raising them is we spent intentional time with, with each of the kids, and we still do that today. We have like our daily routines where the kids, you know, will have breakfast at the same time. We have dinner at the same time. We have bath at the same time. We do the same nighttime routine, sing the same songs, do the bed, the same bedtime routines, you know, teeth brushing routines. But, and that happens as a group, but we also try, you know, and I try to carve out individual time with each of my daughters at, at, you know, once a day at best and at least once a week at minimum. Right. And so they're both in school, you know, like our two older ones are in school right now. So the days are kind of like packed, but at least on the weekends or after school or even before school, I try to make deliberate focused time with each of the kids. Because again, with the three of them being so close in age, it's so easy for, for them to not get individualized attention because we're, you know, we do everything together as a family. It's so great to be able to do and have those those opportunities to be able to do things together, especially when they're similar ages. When you have the the vast difference in age, sometimes that's a bigger challenge when you can't when you have to really separate that out. And I'm sure as they get older, you'll have to find new ways to be able to do unique things because each child is going to be a little bit different. And you're not going to be able to treat them exactly the same because they are going to expect some different things from you and challenge you in different ways in that regard. As you have been raising your daughters, what have you found to be the hardest part of being a dad to a daughter? I go back to what I was saying earlier about like sort of like my fear of how I model what a man could be and should be for his wife and as a father. And I think one of the biggest challenges for me is tapping into the emotional side of things. Women in general are obviously see way more you know emotional or in touch with their emotions or or free to share their emotions whereas like myself a former military guy a man and obviously all men share the same spectrum of emotions as well and should experience the same spectrum of emotions as well but sometimes it's a little bit more difficult for me to like tap into the emotional side of things to tap into my feelings and so when i see them really in their feelings sometimes that's like a little challenging for me where i'm like okay I don't understand why this is such a big deal, but I have to understand why it's a big deal to them. And so I can tap into that. I can take a little, I could, you know, become aware of that, take a little breath, have a little perspective and try to like relate on like an emotional level, as opposed to just being like, why are you crying? This is ridiculous. Don't cry. I would not recommend that, especially as your kids get older, not going to turn out the way that you want it to. So definitely saying don't cry is not the way to make those lasting relationships with your daughters. Now, as you have been going through this journey yourself as a dad, I know there was a point in time where you made a big decision. You made a big decision to step away from full-time work outside of the home to jumping into something new and to starting to build something not only for yourself and your family, but for other dads. Talk to me about, first and foremost, what made you decide that you wanted to make that switch for yourself in stepping 
out of that work outside of the home to being an entrepreneur and doing that for your family? The biggest thing, and I think all men experience this or all new parents experience this. When we had our newborn in our first daughter in 2016, you know, I was I was a full-time, I was in education. I used to be a history teacher and then I was a middle school vice principal. And so I was working full-time and, and the school schedule is, if you remember, it's like seven o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon. And so you know, I, I, I had to be in the building by 6.45 or 7 in the morning. And I was there until 3 or 4 in the afternoon, which was like a huge chunk of the day. And I was missing out on that time with my daughter. So I, I only had parental leave for like five days when my first daughter was born. I had nothing more than, than those five days. And I remember feeling like, man, I really wish I had some more time so I can, one, so I could help my wife through these days of the newborn phase. And also so I could actually just spend time with my daughter. But again, it was my job, my livelihood, and I had no sort of like redress, no recourse, right? But that feeling stayed in me. And every day I was like, man, I wish we could just move to a farm and I could be with my wife and my daughter and we could just be a family together all day long. I'll work the land and just so we can spend more time with each other because life is so short. And, you know, fast forward, we had our second kid and this time I was able to get three months parental leave, which was amazing. So for three months I was home with the kids and just really present and it was so much fun. And you know, I'm really so grateful for my school for allowing that. And then the pandemic happened in 2020. And when 2020 happened and everything shut down, my wife and I actually took the family and we left New York City because if you remember 2020, March, New York City felt like ground zero here. Everything was unknown and very stressful. And so just out of extra precaution, my wife and I, we took the family to the Catskills, which is like the mountains up here in New York, out of New York City, about three hours away. We rented a house for six months and we just stayed up there. And because schools were remote, I was able to do work from my computer and still be present with the family the entire time. And that's when it hit me. I was like, there's an alternative life here. Like there's another way of being. I don't have to go in my office, leave the house at 630 in the morning, get home at four in the afternoon and not see my children throughout the day. And I could work from home. I can be productive. I can still make enough money to support my family. We can be together. And that's when I got that itch. And as a lot of people did, you know, with like the great resignation and everything. And then, so when we started going back into the buildings and started going back into schools, and my wife is now pregnant with our third and I was leaving the house at 6.30 and the morning routine was way more challenging to get the kids out of bed by the time I was leaving for work. I was just like, man, something's got to give. And so that's when I jumped into building my own business. So I mentioned at the beginning that you had started a new business, that you're working with dads right now. You have a business called Dad Bod Wad, Forging Elite Fathers. And I love the tagline, go from dad bod to fit dad, lose your first 20 pounds and create a legacy of health and fitness. So talk to me about what made you decide to go from being a history teacher, a middle school assistant principal to now working in fitness and helping dads to be able to get healthier and to change their life in so many ways. I was in the army from 03 to 07 and I served two tours in combat. And at that point, I didn't really have like a, a big fitness background. In middle school, I was out of shape. I was more into music and Nirvana than sports and athleticism. And then in high school, a little bit more of the same. And then when 9-11 happened, I was moved to join the army. And even in the army, though, I wasn't, I, I could run a lot and I can walk a lot and carry a lot of weight, but I wasn't like physically fit compared to others. And when I got out of the army, I ended up gaining around 30 or 40 pounds because 
I, my, my physical activity changed, but I was still eating the same amount of food as if I was still active every day. And so I ended up gaining like 30 or 40 pounds. I was really out of shape and in poor health. And finally I saw a picture of myself and I was like, man, something needs to change here. And so luckily my friend at the time was getting his personal training certification. He was like, Hey, I can show you around the gym and I'll teach you a couple of things. And that really sparked my interest and, and fitness kind of like saved my life too. It allowed me to, to deal with my stressors. I was reintegrating back into civilian, you know, life as I was finishing my degrees from NYU. And I just fell in love with fitness and then nutrition. And so fitness and nutrition was always sort of like a hobby of mine after that point. And I was a personal trainer and a boot camp instructor on the side while I was still teaching and, and as a middle school vice principal. I mean, I had a few personal training clients in person and, and did some boot camp classes. But again, it wasn't until the pandemic happened where I started the the Instagram account, Dad Bod Wad, you know, just posting short workouts for busy dads because everybody was home and I knew other people needed some workouts while they were home. And finally, people started reaching out and asking like, hey, do you coach, by the way? Do you coach? And at first, I was resistant to the idea. I was just posting workouts just to be helpful because I knew other people needed a resource, needed to see that dads can still get fit without spending hours in the gym, without cutting out carbs, without fasting, without doing all kinds of silly fad diets. But enough people started asking like, hey, do you coach? Do you coach? Do you coach? Where finally, in the summer of 2020, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll start taking on some clients. And then from there, I was able to build things up because we were working remotely from work, from school. I had more capacity to focus on building the Instagram, building the coaching business. And then it hit a critical mass, I would say, around at the end of 2021, where I was like trying to convince my wife, I'm like, sweetheart, if I go full time on this, I really think it could work. Right now, I'm, I'm splitting my time between the principal thing and this thing. And if I could just give my all here, I can stay home with the baby. I could have an online business that creates more time freedom, more flexibility, and it would still set us up financially. And so finally, she relented. And in February 2022 was my last day in education. Well, that's exciting and definitely a little scary as well, especially not only, I guess, for I would say for you, but probably for your spouse as well. And for really ripping off the bandaid or jumping in with both feet. So talk to me about that. What was it like for yourself to leave that for yourself, that stable job, those benefits, the, everything that I'm sure was going through your whole family's mind to stepping out and saying, no, I'm going to step into something that I, th I think and I know in my mind, if I put the time and effort in, it's going to work. But still, you still have to have the proof and you don't have the proof yet. It was incredibly challenging. And frankly, it still is challenging. It's still a conversation that my wife and I are having today. She's still you know, worried about, are we making enough money? Is everything working out the way you said it would? And admittedly, I'm not great with taxes. As far as like the other sides of running a business, which I maybe didn't fully anticipate, I, I knew, but I just didn't like just more focus on like the marketing and client acquisition and, and, and building a program that I knew worked and less so on like the finances, profits and losses and all that stuff. And so, you know, admittedly, that's something that I'm still getting better at myself. But I think like taking the leap in and of itself was incredibly scary. Like here is stability. Here I have a guaranteed salary. Here I have benefits. But there's also a cap, right? There's also so much that I could make as a middle school vice principal. I could be, you know, a principal and make a little bit more, but there's not like an endless amount of opportunity in education. And I knew that if I built my own online business, like, yes, there is potential for failure, right? But 
and the risk is higher, but there is no cap on the rewards. I can build this thing to as big as I can possibly build it to serve as many people as we can possibly serve. And rather than the limited people that I could serve when I was working a full-time job as well. So I think it's been about a year now. And I would say overall, it was a successful year. And yes, there are some bumps in the road. Yes, we're doing our taxes now and making sure that everything went the way we planned. And there's still a lot more room for growth on this entrepreneurial self-development journey. But I'm giving myself some grace, cutting myself some slack and knowing that like I will get better at running a business the more I do it. And if I get scared and I go back and if I retreat and go back into education and quit on my dreams, I will regret it. So like I'm going to give myself more time. I'm giving myself grace. I'm going to get better at this. And my wife is on board with the journey. And I couldn't be more grateful for her for giving me that trust as well. So talk to me a little bit about the work that you're doing with dads. As you said, a lot of dads let that fitness go, let that health go. They may be really engaged with their kids, but then their focus has been on, let's say, work or some other factor of their life. And they always kind of set aside and say, well, I'll get to getting more in shape or I'll get to that down the road. And as you said, it doesn't have to be hitting the gym and, and working for hours and doing things like that. So talk to me about some of the first steps or some of the things that a dad can do to be able to start moving in the right direction with their own fitness that won't take them those hours in the gym. The big thing that I would say is one is letting go of the all or nothing mindset, right? That if you don't have an hour, a lot of guys I talk to say like, oh, well, I don't have a full hour to work out. So I end up doing nothing at all. I only have 30 minutes to work out or 45 minutes to work out. So I end up doing nothing at all. So one, letting go of this all or nothing mindset, or I have to have my diet perfect. And if I mess up, I'm off my diet for the next three or six months and I'm just going to eat whatever I want. So letting go of that all or nothing mindset would be number one. And number two is really understanding that just a simple regimen of push-ups and some squats for 10 or 15 minutes a day, three to four days a week is way better than doing nothing at all, right? And that in terms of nutrition, like carbs aren't the enemy, processed foods aren't necessarily the enemy. It's it's just amount of, it's the quantity of those foods, right? You could still eat a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs in the right quantity, in the right portions for your body type, and you're going to see incredible results. You can still eat the same foods that your family eats. You can still eat the dinner that your wife makes. You're not gonna go to your kid's birthday party with a Tupperware of chicken and broccoli and not eat the pizza and not eat the cake because you're on a diet. Like that's not sustainable for busy dads. And then the third thing I would say is what worked for you when you were in your 20s, when you had unlimited time, when you had more capacity, isn't necessarily going to work for you today in your current lifestyle. That doesn't mean that something is wrong with you if you can't do 90 minute workouts a day or if you can't stick to fasting for 16 hours a day or just eating bland chicken and broccoli. Nothing is wrong with you. You don't lack discipline. You don't lack motivation. You're successful in other areas of your life. It's just those methods no longer work for you in your current circumstance as a busy dad. And so once once you give yourself that grace and that realization and recognize that you could work out 15, 20 minutes a day and still eat a, a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs in the right portions that you could actually get into great shape even as a busy dad in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. Well, you're definitely getting me motivated, which is great. And I love hearing that you can take that 15 minutes or that 20 minutes and do some small things to be able to start moving in the right direction. What are, let's say, 
two or three things that right now, today, after a dad listens to this show, what can they go do right away to start moving in that direction, whether it comes to their nutrition? Or let's let's break that down. Let's first start. What, what are some things that they can do right away in regards to their fitness? So one of the first workouts that I teach to all of my private coaching clients is 10 rounds. So it's, it's a circuit between push-ups and squats. And what you would simply do is do 10 push-ups followed by 10 squats. And then you're going to alternate between those two movements for a total of five or 10 rounds. So for example, do, get on the floor and do 10 push-ups and then stand up and start doing 10 squats. Once you're done with those squats, go back down and do push-ups again, stand up and do squats. So if you could do that for a total of five to 10 rounds, it should take you anywhere between five to 10, maybe 15 minutes. That is a perfect full body workout that you can do in just five, 10, 15 minutes in a hotel room, by your bed, in the living room while the family is still asleep. And if you just did that workout two, three, four times a week, you would be fitter than most people your age because most people your age are not doing pushups and squats to that capacity. And if you need to go down to your knees to do some pushups, maybe you can't do 10, that's totally fine. Or if you need to sit down and stand up on a chair instead of just doing squats, you could totally sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. And that is totally fine. And in fact, if you don't mind for, I have, I put together like five free workouts that anybody can go and download totally for free right now. If they just go to forgingleadfathers.com forward slash five F I V E. So forgingleadfathers.com forward slash five. And there I, I, I have that workout and four other all body weight workouts, no equipment needed, no kettlebells, no dumbbells, nothing. And again, these five workouts, if you just rotated them, you know, in your life every day or every week, you would see incredible results. And then as far as nutrition goes, I'm going to give you the exact formula that I teach to my private clients. What we recommend is eating a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs in the right portions with regular intervals. So for example, we affectionately call it PFC every three. It's not an original phrase, but basically the portions are five ounces of protein, five ounces of carbs, one to two ounces of fat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then you can have some small snacks in between. So, and again, the carbs can be whatever you want, oatmeal, bread, potatoes, veggies. It doesn't matter. As long as it's five ounces of carbs, that's great. Protein, same thing. It could be vegetarian. You could have tofu or seitan or tempeh, or you could be meat-based and have chicken or beef. It doesn't matter. Just five ounces of protein. And then for fat, one to two ounces of fat would be ideal. So again, think like a handful of almonds or a spoon of peanut butter or about an ounce of olive oil. Anything along those lines would be great. And again, a sandwich would be a perfect example of that. So two slices of bread would be about three ounces of carbs, some turkey for your protein, maybe some cheese or mayo for fat, throw some greens on there, have an apple on the side, and there. That's a perfect meal. Some egg whites with oatmeal and peanut butter. Again, a perfect meal. And then for dinner, some grilled chicken, a side of pasta with some cashews or almonds or avocado. And again, that would also be a perfect meal. Well, now you got me hungry. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try this out for myself and see if, if you can put that together. No, I really appreciate you sharing that because it does make it much more manageable. And I think a lot of times dads do get stuck in the the idea of getting fit and stuck in the idea of you have to have all this time, you have to have all these weights, you have to spend a lot of money to be able to do it. 
and it's going to take you a lot of time and effort and they might try it for a short period of time, but then they lose, they lose that motivation and they, or they don't see the results they think they're going to the, they're going to see and then they walk away. So that being said, I mean, I, I guess one last thing to ask too is, is talking about motivation is what do you say to your clients in regards to maintaining that motivation for themselves and maintaining and working toward keeping active in that way on a regular basis? So there are two main things that we do in, inside of our program for our clients that help them get to a place where they could actually tap into that intrinsic motivation, right? First, we turn those goals from like a should to a must. And we do that with a, a really powerful goal setting workshop where it's like, what is it that you want to achieve? Why do you want to achieve this? Why is this important for you? And we ask that why question several times until we get really down into the surface. Because a lot of times at first, you know, it's like, why do you want to get into great shape? Oh, I want to look good. And again, there's nothing wrong with superficial goals. I want abs. I want to look good. I want to look good naked. I want to look good in a t-shirt. I want to look good at the beach, whatever. That's totally fine. But when we dig a little deeper, we always find better, more sort of like, you know, compelling reasons why this is a must. So like, why do you want to get in shape? I want to look good. Well, why is that important for you? Well, because I never really had like an athletic body my, my entire life. And it's like, okay, well, why is that important for you? Well, because then I always felt like a lack of confidence when I, when I talk to girls. Okay, well, why is that important for you? Because it impacted the amount of risks I took at work and, you know, and then you just keep digging and digging and say, well, why is that important for you? Because like, I don't want my kids to feel this way. I don't want my kids to be bullied the way I was being bullied. And then you can dig even further. And then once you get down to that solid rock, it's like, okay, so we went from like, I want to get into great shape so I can take off my shirt at the beach to, I want to get into great shape because I want to be a role model of health and fitness for my children so that they live healthier and happier lives. And it becomes so much more meaningful than just like losing a little weight. And then the second thing is we have a ton of accountability built into our program with daily check-ins, with some habits that we want you to start tracking. We have a group chat with all the other guys holding each other accountable, weekly check-ins, accountability coaches, and, and so much more. And the idea isn't that you would need that for the rest of your life because that's not sustainable either. What we want to do is we want to, similar to when you have children at first, in their four or five, right? You have to brush their teeth for them. As an adult, you brush your teeth on your own. You do it every day with automaticity. You don't think about it. But children need to be, you need to brush their teeth for them, right? And then eventually they get to an age where you just need to tell them to brush their teeth. But they're not going to do it unless you remind them like, okay, sweetheart, go brush your teeth, go brush your teeth, go brush your teeth. And then eventually by middle school and high school, they're doing it on their own because they're intrinsically motivated. Boys and girls are in the mix. They don't want to have bad breath. And then eventually as an adult, you just do it with automaticity because it's just part of who you are. You don't want your teeth to fall out, et cetera, right? So we call that like the habit phase to a lifestyle phase to the identity phase. So in the beginning of our program, we're holding you accountable every day. Like, hey, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. Eventually, you get to a point where it's just your lifestyle. You start to build your life around these, these new habits and routines. And then eventually, it becomes just who you are. It just becomes your identity. And this is just who you are. So like when you and your family go on vacation, you're packing running sneakers because you're going to go run first thing in the morning while the family's still asleep, even though you're on vacation. And nobody's going to bat an eye because that's just, eh, that's just what Christopher does. He just wakes up and he goes running on the beach. He's fit like that. That's just what he does. Completely understand that. I have done that in other ways in my life. And and definitely, it it also helps. It, what I found in regards to the in regards to fitness for myself is having other people around me that want to do similar things. So 
having some friends or some other guys that I, I go and I work out with, or I run with, or I'll bike with, or, you know, or do things to be able to have that community around me to, to motivate me in other ways. Because if I know that they're showing up or they're going to be out there, you know, they're expecting me to be there too. So there's definitely some motivation that goes along with that. Now we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. In one word, what is fatherhood? Self-development. I know that's a hyphenated word. When was a time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? I don't quite think I've felt that fully just yet. Every day that I, that I, every time that I teach my kids humility by apologizing to them when I've made a mistake, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer. Now, I know that your kids are still young, but how would your, let's say your oldest, describe you as a dad? And as you think about them as they get older, how do you want them to describe you as a dad? I think right now my oldest would describe me as one, I think, on the surface, fit, always awake, because <laughs> whether you know we're putting them to sleep or, or getting them first thing in the morning, I'm always awake. Or she looks out the window and she sees me working out first thing in the morning. But I also think, and not with the negative connotation, but that she would think that like we're stern, that we have a lot of rules. And how I want her to see me, though, is I want her to see me as as somebody like who I, I am her father, but I want her to be able to come to me whenever she's in trouble whenever she has questions, whenever she's in doubt, whenever she's feeling that she just needs some guidance and mentorship um, and and know that she's coming to a, a judgment-free zone, right? Where I'm not going to reprimand her for her questions or for her mistakes, but that she can come to me and get trusted wisdom and guidance. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? One, my daughters inspire me to be better dads. And the men that I surround myself with, like podcasts like yours, other coaches that are in my in my community. Again, like like I, I told you before we, we started talking, before we started recording, like I had no idea that a resource like yours existed, that there were other men out there supporting other dads outside of church. And the fact that there are other men in our space who are inspiring other men to live their best lives, who are inspiring men to be the husbands, the fathers, the men that their family need them to be, to be the leaders that our families need us to be. Like that is where I get a lot of my inspiration from that because I didn't have that growing up. My parents were divorced by the time I was a baby. And so I didn't really have that modeled for me. And I had to learn all of that on my own through mentorship in the army from my older brother. And then eventually through my own self-development journey. Now you've given a lot of pieces of advice today in regards to health and fitness, but also talked about your own journey as a father. As we finish up today and you think about all dads, what's one piece of advice you'd want to give to every dad out there? One piece of advice that I would give to every dad out there is one is remember to get out of your own way, to not let your ego dictate your actions. So if you feel entitled to something that your wife isn't giving to you, remember, don't let the ego 
start to eat you alive. You have to have those conversations with your wife. If you feel entitled to something that your kids aren't giving you, right? whether that's quiet time or time to work on your business or time to whatever, remember like your children didn't ask to be born. You brought them into this world. They deserve your best. So we oftentimes let our egos get in the way, like that inner critic, our egos who are constantly like judging those around us or judging the actions of those around us, judging ourselves. And that voice can get really really loud, especially as dads who, you know, we make mistakes or we're critical about ourselves, or we see other people, the mistakes of other people around us, or we're caught up in the politics of things. And and, and so we're yelling at the TV about, about culture, cultural, you know, things happening culturally. And it's just, you have to quiet down that ego. You have to tell the ego, like, look, I'm in charge here. I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to be better than this. Like, you know, you were wounded as a little kid, And we're adults now. We have to be able to move past this responsibly. We have to be able to communicate with our wives openly and with, and and, and so that because our families deserve it. Well, Kevin, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing, not only to be so engaged with your own kids, but, but beyond that, helping dads to find better ways to be healthy and fit and be able to find ways to be able to be more engaged with their kids because of that. If people want to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, I would say the best place again is to go to forgingleadfathers.com forward slash five, F-I-V-E. And there you can download that free resource of my my go-to five all bodyweight workouts that you can literally do today from the comfort of your home. Do the first workout and then do the other four later throughout the week. Um, that would be the best place to find me. And then um, obviously on Instagram, dadbodwad.com. Is, is the best place to find me, but forgingleadfathers.com forward slash five, get yourself that free resource. We we'll really appreciate the free resource and we'll definitely have it in the notes today as well. And Kevin, as always, just thank you again. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. And again, it was a pleasure and an honor to be here and, and to talk with you today, Chris. Thank you so much. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be